Hi everybody, just to let you know that um, as you can hear in the background, there's a fair amount of banging going on, so uh, this will be a slightly interrupted episode. Simon's laughing because uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a hairy one. Uh, it will come out in the course of the conversation that follows why this is the case, but you know, Please bear with, and normal non-bagging service will be resumed next week. It will be back to scratchy dogs and, uh, and birdsong. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. them so far it can last forever but they're really lovely and really great and uh they're doing a wonderful job so there you go i don't really begrudge it even though i'm sure many people will i'm going to see if we can if i can ask the question in a relative patch of quietness this is something about my father is that right yeah i just wanted i know we we said we put a pin in it (laughs) but i was thinking about the fact that he said to your then partner that you weren't for the long haul. Oh. Okay. Okay. You've said enough. And, um, Thanks. Um, so, yes, this is, to, this is to pick up something that we got to at the end of oh, two episodes ago. 80, I don't know, 88, something like that. And my father was weeks from death. And I remember I was taking him to the hospital for some radiation therapy, actually. And um, he said, oh, about, insert name of ex-girlfriend, you're quite serious, aren't you? And uh, I said something like, I know what you're going to say, which is hilarious because I didn't. Um, And he basically, he just said to, he said to me that uh, I don't think uh, this person, she's a good choice for you. And he gave me a series of reasons why that was the case. And mostly they were about things to do with, I'm going to say, intellectual curiosity. And I don't think he was saying that one should have intellectual curiosity and it's better than not having it or anything like that. It was just he was expressing uh, something about an irreconcilable difference. Are you there still? Yeah, yeah. I'm just listening. Yeah. And... um, and then he also had contrived to speak to her and uh, separately and say and, and said that he's uh, he's driven and you won't get a look in um, and it would be you would be foolish to spend your life with this human being <laughs> and of course I only know that because she and I um, we compared notes yeah. And our relationship didn't, um, as you well know, and all listeners uh, (laughs) already know, it uh, didn't survive. And I don't think he, I think he was pointing out things that both of us knew already. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and we struggled on for another. It was always very bitty, stop starting. And I don't think I treated her very well at all, actually, um, for, in different ways. Um, I mean, I was doing my best in my mid-twenties <laughs> kind of way. And um, that was it. So, yeah, so what, what is it about that? Uh, that is this the fact that he, he, want, he yeah. attempted to intervene? It was, I think it's the intervention. I just, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that, I, it's a thing that I don't understand. It's a thing that I don't understand. So do, what's there not, I mean, I mean, certainly there's, it's risky in the sense that, I guess, depending on your relationship. He was pr- a pretty fine judge, except at dinner parties, a pretty fine judge of um, and what it is that he could and couldn't say. Yeah. And so he 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 was he had a tremendous leavening effect on our family, um, the, the the six of us or seven once Rebecca was born in nineteen eighty, um, and by that I six including him. By that I mean he was able to navigate the differences in our um, temperaments uh, uh, pretty well, pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the things when he died was that it really did um, it kind of. I think it. I think it's fair to say it revealed the cracks in our family in a particular way that he was uh, he was good at um and so yeah there there was risk involved in that isn't there because if 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 I if my relationship with him had been any different I I guess I could have um um stuck with her out of spite for that intervention that's one thing Yeah and I think I think uh, hmm, I think I was thinking about legacy as well the idea of 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 offering that a a, a point so close to death and that being the thing that you take away with you, which is oh. stupid because you've got an entire life, but also it's 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 such a it's such a um a, a, a kind of a flashbulb of conversation, isn't it? In in lots of ways. Yes, and of course there are many other things that I remember in, in my conversations with him as he was as he was dying. But this one, you're right; it, it had the potential to be um uh to be a sort of as you say legacy, a sort of defining. Uh, not near final, but uh, not final, but near final um, mm. conversation. And the, and the other thing about it is that, um, which I guess the perspective he took was that he he couldn't die. Oh, it's a terrible yeah. thing to think, knowing that there was a possibility that I might um, try and spend the rest of my life with this person. Yeah, that he thought there was worse. That was that was worse than him not saying anything. Mm. And I Hence think that's his dinner party. Sorry, go on. No, no. I think that's the bit that I don't understand. It's not how it was. This is not a how could he don't understand. It's the wow. How can somebody know themselves so well that they know that they have to speak that? That's the bit that I go. Oh, yeah. I think neither of us are fathers, though. I can imagine it must be. Yeah. You know, it must happen all the time that parents. I mean, it does, doesn't it? Parents see their the their partners or their girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever uh, of their of their children and um go what the fuck's going on here you can imagine it must be you know at least yeah, half at least half of the time <laughs> absolutely but then i've only ever seen it go badly you mean the conversations i've yeah i've never seen that conversation go well that's right that's right i've never seen a parent say to a child that person is the wrong bet for you and then and them to go and then go oh, oh, oh yes you're right fair <laughs> yeah it no, just, it becomes no. like it, it sort of it, it fixes intransigence because you know we're always trying to define ourselves in relationship to our parents and usually and also not them. Yes, exactly, exactly. But no, and and, and yeah, and, I mean, my reaction in the car um, driving into hospital was yeah, I know. 
So well, there was no, there was no sort of sense of me trying to, and that wasn't because he was dying. That's because he was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, it's as simple as that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't telling me anything I didn't know. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, but I think, uh, again, still, though, I think yeah. we get told things we know all the time and still go, how could you? Yeah, yeah. And I think, and, and that not that beautiful in the sense that it comes down to the nature of the relationship? Who's doing the speaking? And of course, it, because of course that can go wrong, but at the same time, you know, I think, you know, I'd like to imagine, I mean, maybe, uh, I don't know if... The, with with you and I, I mean, I think our friendship has developed enormously as a consequence of this podcast, bizarrely, um, or perhaps not surprisingly <laughs> at all, um, even though we still haven't seen each other in, um, in donkey's years. But um, Yeah, and uh, I, I'm hoping it stays that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just I'm started uh, to think perhaps, perhaps we work better only in, a, in an audio medium when there's banging in the background and um <laughs> and now if i cut all of the evidence of of uh, no no you can't refurbishment yeah. then you're just going to sound really creepy but it is going to be a nightmare for you in the edit i tell you, you go, that's just, true i'm leaving the banging in no either way it's going to be a nightmare for you um yeah is that uh I don't know. I, 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 just to just to say, I think that it just depends on who's saying, you know, like mm. what, and and not even, you know, I have some very dear friends who I, I don't have ongoing conversations with, um, and that's just because of the nature of you know friendships, really. But um, and so I can't imagine having a similarly um, potentially uh, a high temperature conversation with them that I can with you. Just because, in a way, you and I are in the practice of having these conversations. Yeah. 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 Gossip. Yeah, so... You, to, yeah, you put a pin in it. I did put a pin in it because I... It's a... Uh, I have to, I'd have to find the um, a particular bit of writing and it can't, it's not coming to me off the top of my head. I know where it is so I can track it down easily enough. But it was talking about essentially human things. And in this list of essentially human things are two that I remember. One was gossip and the other was dancing. <laughs> and um, so I used it in a presentation. That, um, but it was interesting because I've had long and quite tricky conversations with friends about gossip because I despise it. Like I really, really, it really, um, it pushes all of my buttons. And, you know, and a couple of friends saying, but it's really important. And uh, that, you know, that people are able to do this and to have these conversations. And to, and so there's a line there, and I guess I'm just, I guess I can frame this as a question, which is the line between gossip that's hurtful and the line, and and where gossip is something which is contributing to, you know, at work, for example, when um, gossip is going on, there's something about the, the kind of collegial aspect of it and the kind of being togetherness that comes through gossip. And so I wonder what that line, does that line exist for you as the banging kicks in? Yeah, you would ask that just as they went really, really heavily. And I've just gone to pick up a cushion to put it <laughs> in front of the It would microphone. be better if you, sat under a, just... if you sat under a blanket. If you put yourself, that would help muffle the sound. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I do I picked up a, a, a big feather cushion, which I put between me and the maybe wall that's being banged. I've really no idea. Just to see if I can take the edge off when I'm. Oh my <laughs> goodness! The thing is, 
there was such a long time when you were talking and the banging had like I softened. know I should have stopped shouldn't I <laughs> I know because I'd asked you a question it was really nice um I think I think the idea about gossip is that there's the speculative stuff and then there's the debrief stuff mm. and I think the speculative stuff is bad and the debrief stuff is necessary even if the but debrief tend- stuff involves uh, talking about other people, yeah, who I mean, aren't I in the sometimes, room. Yeah, I, I tend to keep the debrief stuff to Bob. Hmm. I tend to debrief and unload and and sift through almost exclusively with Bob. Hang on, but is that gossip? Sometimes it feels like it, but it's not quite, is it? No, I don't think it is. It's still talking about people behind their backs and sometimes not talking about them in particularly kind ways. And usually it's, um, f- for me at any rate, it's like, it's like lancing a boil. <laughs> it's a very nice analogy. Well, you know, you, you know you've got to be in a relationship with somebody. And you know the stuff that's inside you will continue to sort of fester. And actually, you've got two options. You can talk to them. You can have that difficult conversation. And like you said before, we're, in, we're practiced in having conversations, but I don't think that's the case with most people. Mm. And I, to... I don't think people listen much. Mm. I just was. Um, I just thought it might be helpful to say, just this is on, uh, there's a website called Wikipedia. Um, and it says gossip. Never is, come across it. No, gossip is idle talk or rumor, especially about the personal or private affairs of others. The act is also known as dishing or tattling. Then perhaps I'm not talking about gossip at all, am I? I don't know, though. I think it is. I, there, yeah, there are some things that I need to say out loud to get them out of my body or out of my head. Well, actually, my head and my body are the same thing, so I don't quite know why I'm trying to make a distinction. That sounds like expressing um, yourself. Yeah, and, and, and some of the things feel heavy, and I just need to get rid of them so that I can be with the person with whom the heaviness sits without having to negotiate the heaviness. So I will, I will unload those things at Bob's door. Mm. so that then I can sort of sift through them and then she can, you know, give counsel and go, well, yeah, but, or, oh, God, they sound like a dick, or, or you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, or we should go now. This dinner party wasn't the place to bring it up, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you abhor it? I think because I understand it to be about, like, the currency of information and using information whether that information is accurate or not, as as currency and as uh, for the creation of something, and what is being created is is well, I probably I would say at the heart of much gossip is theming and using. You and I are in this, you the three of us or the four of us or the two of us, are we having this conversation, which is private and not a, it's about them, but doesn't include them. You know, and of course, there is aspects of that which is really important, but it's just who and how it's at the expense of others is the thing that that uh, you said that I, I that I abhor that I that I that makes me that makes my skin crawl. 
Do you think it's always at the expense of others? Can it never be to save somebody else's feelings? Oh, it's not always at the expense of others. No, no, absolutely not. I think I, I do think there are times when it's when it's an incredibly important and incredibly way of cohering groups of people. But it's when it's at the expense of others, or it's when that its its currency is the the lives of others, and and. Not, Again, that can be in a really important thing as we could be you and I could be talking about something a, a, a third party who we know and we're 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 trying to figure out what's the best way to act and we're worried about them doing this and maybe they're doing it so there's something gossipy about that, but it's like supporting and also I'd like to imagine that we could potentially have that conversation with that person with us that we're mm. not saying anything that couldn't that that person wouldn't be able to hear or that we would never want them to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that it switches between those all the time or has the potential to. And that's where I get it's, you know, it's, it's, it's because I was gossiped about and I was talked about behind my back, you know, in very precise ways as a teenager. And I and, and it just, oh, oh. Yeah, I think that's probably why I save those ugly conversations for Bob. Yeah, because they feel so in, in some instances necessary. To, like I say, to, to lance the boil of of mm, a discomfort that I know cannot be fixed by being in direct dialogue with the person. Because effectively what I'm saying is I want you to stop being you. <laughs> because Show you title. are not, <laughs> you are not the version of you I like right yeah. now. Or, you know, and, and sometimes it's just necessary to go, they're doing this thing that makes me really cross. And then for Bob to say... But that that's the thing that allows them to do that thing that you really like. Mm. So you just have to sit with that discomfort in order to have all of the joy of them. Yeah, and no, this is your, like, to me, that that's, you're at the heart of that, really, which is, I think, I, I think it speaks to a certain maturity. I don't want to accuse you of maturity, just to be clear. God but, forbid. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, is that I think that's something which is, the recognition, what you've just described, I think is really beautiful and really extraordinary in the sense that it, it, it's the recognition as you get older that, that and, and it's so easy to say uh, in the abstract but and much more difficult in the, you know, in the flesh which, or in real time, which is, uh, wow, each of us, I, I can annoy this person as much as, uh, there, there are so many sides to me that there are aspects of me that are going to really annoy these people and aspects of, of, of me that, that they take a great deal of pleasure in and that we're, we're all those things to each other. And, and, you know, it's like the opposite of when we're teenagers, which is the sort of the idea of looking for someone who's, or a friend who's perfect, you know, or who's mm-hmm. going to fit, that we're going to fit. What's that, you know? So, yeah, and I just, yeah, really, it's really, I mean, it's a very obvious thing to say in a way. And yet I think, in, as I say, in the flesh, when we're having those encounters, it's so easy to forget. Yeah, it's absolutely easy to forget. And I think that it's in those moments of forgetting that we usually find ourselves drifting away from people, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And or, or that we choose to focus on. I sometimes, not, I'm not even sure if it's a choice. I think it's that you know it, it's like it, it's it's like an it's like an allergic reaction. An allergic reaction to something is can can feel so um, overwhelming, and then you think about it. If you think about it 
like rationally and logically and you can take yourself out of the embodied experience of it which you can't but you know you like it's like well my eyes are a bit itchy but it's my lungs are fine my toes are fine my fingers yeah. are fine why but am i walking the hyper presence of a rash yeah yeah a, a, as if it is the biggest thing and actually if you if you stop and think about the sensation it's actually really not that much hmm. Um, I know it's it's friend-based water torture, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been a lot of work done about the um, how to negotiate and navigate chronic pain, um, mm. and a lot of that chronic, a lot of that work in, into chronic pain is about trying to acknowledge those bits of you that are not in pain, and mm. um, and, and also finding language for it as well, so that you can start to notice on particular days, or image for it, if, if it's not language, maybe, maybe it's image for it, so that you can go, oh, actually today, it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's barbed wire, it's not broken glass. Mm. You know, so there's, there's those senses of, of something that is changing. I mean, I know I've gone from... Um, from a, a mild allergic reaction to chronic pain, as if they're the same thing, and I don't mean that. I, I, I was only thinking there of, of the, of, of the, the the kind of the meditative and, and brain training games that that uh, have been played in a clinical space to try and intervene into something that otherwise tends to be uh, treated with increasingly heavy drugs that are, are rarely successful. Um, yeah, and so also think, the psychological sense of it being fixed. That this is, you yeah. know, the, the word chronic. It speaks volumes yeah. about our our kind of medicalized relationship to pain. Yeah, yeah, and I I think we might have a chronic relationship to discomfort with friends. <laughs> you know, the, the, so so we we do we we focus on the rash or we focus on the yeah. the 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 thing that is bothering us and we forget all of the joy that they bring us. And I say this as somebody who is absolutely guilty of it. So I'm, I'm mm, not sort mm, of... Oh, same here, not, same here, same, same, yeah. But I, I do find for me, and again, I, I, I think, I mean, if you can find a person that, that, that can hold this with you, maybe this is what people have therapists for. Maybe I should start giving Bob 48 pounds an hour. Um, if you can wow, find a person cheap. who you can... Wow, that's uh, don't, you clearly haven't been uh, going to a therapist lately in, in in London, at least. No, I haven't. I haven't. That's 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 how much I would pay for a massage. Yeah, more like eighty, eighty plus, Holy eighty to hundred. Oh uh, yeah, hundred plus for sure. Why? Why are we? Oh, should we retrain? Yeah, I think we're um, maybe uh, we could do some live sessions with people so they can call in and um, we can <laughs> we can do our best and everyone else can listen. I think technically we should do some training first, Simon. I don't think we should just do some live have, sessions. We don't have to call ourselves that. We could just say that we're having... Oh, if we call ourselves life coaches, we can do it for nothing. You know, we can not do it for nothing, but we can <laughs> oh, do... We don't no, need any no. training. And I know there's at least one life coach who's listening going, how very dare you? I don't know enough about life coaches. I only really do know one. And I only know them tangentially. And I can't speak to their training so i feel like i'm going to have to do an embarrassing climb down because i just don't know i made a simple and silly gag cheap, at the expense cheap gag. of cheap gag I mean, and that's normally my of, role in this uh, in this uh, duet i don't usually yeah, that's true but i am at least <laughs> you know doing the mea culpa mea culpa mea maxima culpa as soon as it's humanly God possible yeah 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 no life life coach i mm. 
Anyway, I'd love to hear from people uh, if they've got any ideas about uh, what you and I should do next. I know you love your job, and uh, I quite like my job, um, but uh, just in case. Oh, but if people are prepared to pay me £100 an hour to sit and listen and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sounds awful, I'm really happy to accept that. as uh, Quite a difficult job. I would imagine that being a, a therapist would be one of the more difficult jobs. Mm. Was that a pigeon in the background, by the way? Um, it, it probably was. I've got pigeons out of my window right now. I can see a swallow's just gone past. I oh, can see I love swallows. I can see a collared dove and... Hang about. I think it might have been the dove. Or two actually. parakeets. Um... The two parakeets are being quite quiet because you would know if the parakeets were singing. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I think though, just to say, just just enjoying the um, conflagration conflagration of um, uh-huh. sounds that have come from your uh, your part of the uh, podcast today. But um, mm-hmm. no, just that that for it to be your job and that mm. um, that extraordinary responsibility uh, of, of of listening and carrying. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Lucky they're lucky they're well trained, huh? So you've been an international traveller, just as a a, a kind of a record scratch and possibly something to come after the stinger. How was Italy? You had a a, dare I say a holiday? It was a holiday. That it was a very full on holiday because um, we went to the wedding. Of our dear uh-huh. friends, Igor and Moreno. In fact, they got married in the Basque country uh, two weeks earlier because because getting married for a gay couple in Spain apparently is a whole lot easier than getting married for a gay couple in Italy. Who would have thought that? And um, so It's so bizarre, isn't it, to think... I mean, they're both <sighs> incredibly Catholic countries, but uh, Italy's just... I mean, it's the, the Catholic Church, of course. It's, you know, the Vatican's there. Oh. Oh, no, I think I think Italy. I think like the UK. I think it, it tends towards conservatism. Um, you know, you can't you can't keep imagining that actually most people agree with those things. You know, rightly or wrongly, but they do. And so, so yeah, it was. Uh, they got married in the Basque country, which is where Igor Igor is from, and then they had a celebration in Sassari, in north of Sardinia, and uh, there were about 120 people there, which is tiny. Apparently, wow. or an Italian, normally like five or six hundred, mm-hmm. and um, we danced the night away. And I um, vowed that I would, uh, and it was beautiful. It was, uh, and uh, their vows uh, to each other, and the wedding itself, and what was said, and it was uh, really, really special to be there with them, and to um, and to celebrate, and to eat and drink with them, and um, dance. We danced. Oh, we danced, mm-hmm. and. Um, I uh, the night before I was suggesting that maybe I could um, uh, be part of the ceremony by singing a song uh, for them, and um, they seemed very open to that. And I was going to do Cindy Lauper's "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," and um, it just didn't. I was asking someone, "Is now the time? Now the time?" And uh, he said, "No, no, it's too soon." And um, I didn't get to sing "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" by Cindy Lauper. 